So, Happy New Year's again. Since it is New Year's, I thought that it would only be appropriate for us to explore our deepest intentions. Not necessarily for this year, perhaps it's just our deep intentions for the moment. Perhaps these are deep intentions for a life of practice. I don't know. But we'll be exploring it and seeing for ourselves. I'm calling this talk, Opening Towards Our Heart's Deepest Intention. Now, culturally, we talk a lot about resolutions during this time of year. And um, I'm not anti-resolutions. I don't actually make them anymore. I find that oftentimes resolutions come from a place of wanting to fix ourselves, kind of a self-improvement list, things that we wish were better about ourselves or nicer about ourselves. Um, I find that, at least when I think in the past of resolutions that I've made, they were often coming from a place of either aversion, not liking my life, not liking who I was, uh, and so making resolutions to fix that. So aversion, uh, don't like it, fix it. Or perhaps based in greed, wanting more of something in my life. If I only had this, if I only added this, to my life, I'll be a lot happier. This will be my happy year. <laughs> or I'll love myself more. Or someone else will love me more. Right? So I find that often resolutions are in this realm of self-help. <laughs> self-help and greed and aversion. But maybe you've come up with some really good resolutions this year. I don't want to put you off <laughs> already <laughs> from the resolutions you've already made. But what I would like to do is, is together explore this word intention and perhaps um, more directly the Buddhist wise intention, our wise intention, our deepest intention. Our intentions are important. Our wise intentions are very important. They are what keep us on our path. They are what help us notice when we are off balance or not in alignment with our deepest truth, with our deepest happiness. Our intentions help us choose. When we're aware of our intentions, they help us choose the actions that will keep us in alignment, the speech that will help us stay in alignment. They motivate our practice. So I'd like us to take time to really get in touch with these deep intentions. So why am I referring to them as our heart's 
deepest intentions. In Asian Buddhism, oftentimes when the mind is referred to, the speaker will point to their heart center, their heart area. Uh, And there's a reason for this. Here in the West, we associate the mind as uh, being connected to our brain. So we're more inclined, I think, to point here when we're talking about the mind. But in Asian Buddhism, they point here. Scientifically now, this might be more accurate. If I was to say, point to the mind, you wouldn't be able to accurately do it if you just pointed here, or actually here. We now know that there are neurons throughout our body. In fact, I looked it up before I came to make sure that I was right about this, uh, and found that we have some 40 thousand neurons that function very much in the same way as our neurons in the brain right here. And we have them all through our body. So our mind is not simply a head exercise or coming from this area of the body. When I'm talking about getting in touch with our deepest intentions, They're not going to come from up here. They come from an embodied presence. And so to help us connect with that embodied presence as we begin to explore, what is our deepest intention? And actually listen to the body, listen to the heart, listen to the breath. I like to I'll I'd like to refer to it as our heart's deepest intention to keep us more embodied. I think that we understand our intention that our intentions our wisdom comes from somewhere other than just our brain activity. I think we, we already intuitively know that, whether we understand it or not. I think we intuitively know this. Perhaps it's why we're attracted to practices like this, embodied practice. I, my day job <laughs> is teaching mindfulness to kids in schools. And I've been teaching quite a bit this last semester And in one of the schools that I was at, I had a really exceptional fourth grade class. And I taught them for eight weeks, really simple mindfulness practices. But they embodied the practices. Uh, They took to them really quickly and started to understand them through their own experience. And at the end, uh, the teacher got this idea that they would write books about mindfulness. And they began by coming up with titles for the books. And to me, this was such an incredible example of how we intuitively know that this practice in our wisdom is not coming from just here, that it really is a heart practice, an embodied practice, 
And I'll read you some of their titles. Uh, So here's one. Just listen. Oh, just listen to the sounds of love. Your heart is still. The open heart. Every sound counts. You are the heart of mindfulness. Your heart leads the way. The elements of harmony. Isn't that great? (laughs) It's our fourth graders. I feel like any of those books, we could have those titles on any of the (laughs) Western Buddhist (laughs) bookshelves. So I think there's an intuitive understanding even when we're just sitting here and paying attention to our breath and our body sitting here and to sound and noticing our mind and what it does and uh, noticing how we get caught by it and then how we can become present and released by it or from it. That there's this intuitive understanding that there's something here that is deep within our embodied presence and that it's not just a head exercise. So what is our deepest intention? I'd like us to actually explore this um, somewhat ceremoniously. I'm making the ceremony up. (laughs) So this isn't some ancient ceremony that we're about to do, but um, I thought it would be a really helpful way for us to really connect with our deepest intentions, our intentions of the heart. So if you have a piece of paper or a pen, I'd like you to find a page in that, uh, in your notebook or journal. And then if you don't, I have paper and pens up here and You can make your way up here and grab one, and we'll see if we have enough for everyone. I'm hoping we do. Uh, So come on up and grab, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen. We'll just take a couple minutes to do this so that we can all explore it in this way. So maybe uh, I just go like this. Nope. Maybe you can help me pass those out to people who are here. If you can help pass that out, that'd be great. And then here are pens. If you'd pass those out, that would be great. It looks like I don't have enough pens. So if you have a pen in your purse or in your pocket, that's great. Oh, and there's pens at the greeter's table. Here's more paper up here if you need more paper. Yeah. You just need one piece of paper, and you can go back to your seat. I know, where's Andrew? (laughs) Our faithful mic passer. Okay, everyone got what they need? Great. So how do we get in touch with, thank you, how do we get in touch with our heart's intention, this deep, deeper intention? There you go. 
You've got a pen. I've got plenty of paper. There you go. Great. I think we're all set. Great. Okay. So how to get in touch with this deep intention? So like I said, it's not a cognitive exercise. To get in touch with our deep intention, we listen. And in a sense, this is what we do every time we come to our practice. We listen. We listen with our awareness. We listen with our body. We listen with our mind, with our heart. And so I'd like you to go inward in whatever form that takes for you. Maybe you close your eyes. Maybe you lean into your chair a little bit. And I'd like you to ask yourself the question, what is my heart's intention? Or what is my deepest intention? And allow the question to float there. You don't need to figure it out. There's no figuring out the answer here. Allowing it to just float there like mist on one of our foggy days. And connect with your body. Listen with your awareness to your body, your breath. Notice what the mind does. And as you're listening, if you find no answers arising, it simply means that you need to listen more. There's no rush. And then when you feel connected with that deep intention, go ahead and write it near the top of your piece of paper. It might be a word. Maybe you draw it. Maybe it's not a word. Maybe it's an image. Maybe it's so bodily that it's not taking form in words or pictures. If this is true, just sitting with that feeling, with that experience. Just getting to know it. And as you get in touch with this deepest intention. Notice what the mind and body does. Does it relax into it? Does it enjoy touching this deep intention? Does it revolt? Does fear arise? Uncertainty? Just notice what your relationship with 
your heart's deep intention is. Take a little bit more time. And again, like I said, there is no rush. So if you're sitting here and you're not even sure what I am talking about, again, just means that you need more time to listen to yourself, or to your truth, or maybe just take the your out of it, listen to truth within. So I'd like to hear some of the intentions that came up, and you can just say it out loud and I'll repeat it into this microphone. Yeah. Is anybody willing to share? came up. Courage. Great. Yeah. Compassion. Yeah. Respectful. Yeah. Acceptance. Say again. Naturally feeling loved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To exchange negative reactions with healthy behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eve. Simplicity, clarity, and purpose. So beautiful. You can feel deeper than lose five pounds, right? <laughs> or, or separate your whites from your, your darks when you're doing the laundry. That was mine one year. <laughs> I'd be much happier if I would do that. <laughs> yeah, these are the heart's intentions. Jim, did you put your hand up? Yeah. Connect and enrich and enhance connections. Yeah. This is what our heart wants. These heart intentions, our deep intentions, they're connected to our wholesome desires. Chanda, wholesome desire. This is the desire to awaken desire to be love and happiness, to be free. These intentions are connected with our wholesome desire. So what gets in the way of these intentions? What gets in the way? I'd like you to fold your paper, and on the second half of your paper, or if you need another piece of paper, another pen, yeah. On the second half of your paper, 
I'd like you to list, or maybe there's just one thing that pops up in your mind, what gets in the way. What gets in the way of these wise intentions? Maybe even if you had a hard time thinking or getting in touch with the heart's intention, uh, perhaps that's what you explore. What's getting in the way of being in touch with that? What's getting in the way of being in touch with my deepest intention? Mm -hmm. Ego. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Uh huh. Seeking change externally. Yeah. Dukkha. Anything else? Fear of the unknown. Mm. Continually reliving history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mindlessness. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Expectations. Projections. Yeah. Judgment and criticism. Mental clutter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clinging. Yeah. <laughs> Fear and habit. Yeah. Anything else? It's all dukkha, isn't it? Suffering. I kind of, in a way, was hoping someone would say, and maybe you're thinking this. Well, of course, it's it's because of all that's going on in the world, and or you know, I have this really difficult person in my life, or my job is just really hard, and the people I work with um, make me feel really angry and disconnected. I think it can be really easy for us to name and blame our external experiences for getting in the way of our deepest intention. And, and some of us do this quite often. I do it too. I, I certainly catch myself blaming the world around me. But as you all so beautifully demonstrated, when we look deeper than that, it's 
it always comes back to the me and the I, the self. We get in the way. (laughs) We get in the way of our deepest, deepest intention, our heart's intention. That's good news, actually. Maybe you're thinking, ah, damn it. (laughs) But this is good news. We can't take responsibility for someone else's actions in the way that they are. That doesn't make sense. We can only take responsibility for ourselves and our own development. So this is great news because we can actually help ourselves. We can come back to this deep intention over and over again. It can remain as a placeholder for truth, for what we truly desire. And we can move from there. So then, what I'd like you to do is separate what gets in the way of your deepest intention from that deep intention. So you can tear that piece of paper off. And this evening, what I'd like you to do is put it in your compost bin. (laughs) Not because you're pushing it away and getting rid of it, but more as a symbol that this thing that is getting in the way of this deep intention, it can be compost. It can be, you know, the the slime and the dirt and the muck that we grow from. The dukkha that leads to liberation. There's the dukkha that leads to more dukkha. Dukkha being the word for suffering, unsatisfactoriness, all those things that you guys named. Dukkha. There's the dukkha that leads to more dukkha, where we just continue to repeat our cycles. And then there's the dukkha that leads to liberation, leads to freedom, leads to what our heart is most desiring. True happiness, true peace, equanimity. So allow that piece of paper to represent the understanding that this is where the practice is. That place, that rub of what is getting in the way, that's where our practice is. We don't have to cover it up. We don't have to uh, pretend it's not there. We don't have to reject it. In fact, doing that doesn't work. In fact, you've probably been doing that for a long time, right? We all have the tendency to do that. If it seems counterintuitive not to do that, that's a good thing. (laughs) It's pointing towards our natural habit, our comfort that has been 
to reject, get rid of, deny, cover up. And that just hasn't been working so well. Maybe that is why you're here, looking for a different way. And so we'll compost this piece as a symbol of it being the dukkha that will lead to liberation, embracing it. And so then we have our intention still here in front of us. And the next exploration is, what do we do with that? (laughs) Okay, now we've gotten in touch with our heart's intention. Now what? James Barrows, who is the other guiding teacher here at IMCB, gave me a mantra a long time ago, which was, Kate, don't figure it out. (laughs) Don't figure it out. And we would be in these conversations where I'd be going through this and that and the other, and life is this, and I'm trying to figure out how to get through it, how to fix it, how to make it better. Kate, you don't have to figure it out. Don't figure it out. And that mantra has um, been incredibly useful to lean up against, to relax into. And so maybe as you look at this heart's intention, maybe you're inclined like I am to try and strategize, okay, (laughs) how do I get this? How do I keep this? And so the mind might go into planning mode. Okay, so first thing tomorrow morning. (laughs) I'm going to read this, I'm going to sit, and I'm going to have a totally different day than I had today. And it's going to go like this. I'm going to say the right things. I'm going to eat the right things. I'm going to be the right way. We get into strategizing mode, future planning mode. And this is okay, this is just how we operate. But actually, to be in touch with the heart's intention can't happen in the future. It can only happen right now. It can only happen in the moment. And so connecting with it right now, that's it. It's actually that simple. It's so simple that we miss it. We overcomplicate it. Because our minds are strong in the sense that they easily overpower and go into the habitual mode of figuring it out, strategizing around it. But actually, it's as simple as this moment being in touch with the answer to that question from the heart, what is my deepest intention? There's also the Dharma, Buddha, and Sangha, the triple gem, the chant, actually, that we chanted earlier. It was taking refuge in the Buddha, in the Sangha, in the Dharma, these 
foundational supports when we lose track of our heart's deepest intention to help us come back to what that actually is, to come back to what is my deepest desire in this life. We find it when we stop and take a breath on our way into work. We don't have to plan the whole day around it. It's just that moment of walking through the door and maybe you catch your breath and you're present again. You're embodied again and connected with, oh, this is what's important to me. Maybe it's in conversation with somebody who reminds you maybe because you love them so easily or maybe it's because they're your difficult person. They remind you to open, to stay centered, to be present, to go for happiness and freedom and clarity, equanimity. So we can strategize and we can plan for how we're going to stay in touch with this heart's deepest intention, but it can also be just as simple as this. This moment, being in touch with it now. And so, my hope for you is that uh, you can, if you'd like, you can take this piece of paper, put it in your pocket, put it somewhere at home where you might see it as a reminder, a reminder to be in touch with this deep intention in the moment that you remember, in that moment. And let that be uh, the foundation for whatever other intentions and resolutions you feel you might need to make this year. Allow them to come out of this deeper intention. Allow them to come from a place that supports your wholesome desires to be whole. And the reason we're using the mic uh, is because it's recorded, but also just so people can really hear you. Um, Yeah, so if someone wouldn't mind passing the mic around. Maybe it'll have to try. That's okay. Thank you. Is it working? How's that? Yeah, it is. Great. Thank you. I feel very inspired by the saw that, like, every time I walk on the street and I want to say hi to people, but I'm afraid. Uh-huh. I was like, I was planned, I was thinking if they will refuse or if they don't look at me, you know, I was kind of like, <laughs> I'm afraid to, um, Sometimes, like, just what you say, don't plan it. You know, yeah. once you plan it, it's something block your head, and then you don't want it to do anything. Yeah. Like today, I'm riding my bike. I see people play volleyball on the playground. I really want to join them, but I'm just afraid. I just say, oh, 
<laughs> it's just so simple things in life that once you saw that it blocks you. Yeah. And well, keep the mic for just a minute if you don't mind. What do you think is at the depth of that wanting to play volleyball and wanting to say hi? Like what what's your heart wanting in that those moments? It's just one just it's inspire you at the time you just want to do that, you know, it's yeah. your um how to say it's your instant soul that you want to do that. Yeah. But then you think, Oh, I don't know those people and you know what if they refuse me or so somehow I don't live it at the moment or if I live at the moment but I refuse myself somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Refuse yourself somehow. Yeah. Yeah. We you know, perhaps the deep desire just to be connected. Yeah. You know, just in these to moments. See someone and telling them say hi in the morning, but yeah. still because they're strangers, you know. Sure. <laughs> and so the fear comes up, fear of unknown, fear of rejection yeah. arises. And you know, that's all part of our experience too. And so it become it can become that compost. <laughs> The dukkha that leads to liberation rather than the dukkha that leads to more dukkha, right? And so it doesn't mean that you have to push away the fear. It doesn't mean you have to feel bad about it. In fact, that's, none of that's helpful. <laughs> but, uh, we can learn from it. You know, we can take that and actually give light to it, give it nurturing and attention. What is that? What? Where is that coming from? That I think it's because I'm a, I'm a new here in this country and I'm a foreigner, so I was like, I I'm very you know very new to here, so I was just some kind of scare or unconfidence inside my head, and yeah, you know. So this is the first move I make. I make a first speech. Oh, <laughs> wonderful! <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for. Connecting with us. <laughs> oh, nice. Anybody else? Mm-hmm. So my deepest intention was to love and be loved. And when I wrote down what was holding me back, I put a fear that I am unlovable, something that I learned when I was a really young child and hard yeah. to let go of, but I actually really like the, the previous uh, person who said to refuse myself. Yeah. And um, I, when you were talking about um, being responsible, all of a sudden I realized I can only be responsible for loving myself and loving others. That, you know, I've known for a long time that I can't make or convince or lure someone else to like me. Um, but all of a sudden I came to the conclusion after that that so for me to be loved is to be loved by myself in this moment. That's it. That's going a little bit deeper, isn't it? Really getting in touch with what is, what is the intention here? What's, what is, what is needed here? 
in order to support that wholesome desire to grow and be free. And it's such a relief. It's such a relief relief. to realize that I'm only responsible Mm -hmm. to be loved by myself. It's such a relief. that That I'm not responsible for trying to make someone else love me. Yeah. So... Thank you. Hello. So uh, I had a comment to make. Um, Well, basically, my intention on a simplistic level is... um, not only to be accepted and to be understood by the people around me, but to accept and understand myself and the people around me. And um, I found that one of the major uh, things that get in the way of being able to accept and understand myself and others and have them accept and understand me is the concept of expectation like I said earlier. And although there's nothing I can do about the expectations of those around me, um, I think it's important to take into account the drawbacks of having expectations because if I expect every day to be the best day of my life and it doesn't end up being the best day of my life, then there's a pretty good chance that that's gonna that expectation is going to lead to disappointment and um or dukkha and if i expect myself to be the best person in the world and it it takes a lot of work to be the best person in the world <laughs> then <laughs> that expectation is just going to lead to disappointment so I think it's good rather than to expect expect the unexpectable to simply accept what is and revel in that, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the mic's are speaking to yeah, mics, but um, that's all right. Thank you. Um, I I just um wasn't expecting to say anything, but um, my um, my I liked how you said um the wholesome desire, because um what I wrote down was to feel whole, mm-hmm. and my the things that got in the way were um fear, loneliness, isolation, um, and suffering. Actually, um. So it just I don't know where I'm going with this but I just I liked when you when you refer to it as wholesome desire because I almost said whole to feel whole and I just I I held back and the reason mm-hmm. I I've been sharing now is because I'm trying to kind of work through some of the words that I wrote down here of yeah. isolation and fear and um and a, a speaker, or someone that shared back there a minute ago, saying something about loving the self mm-hmm. and self 
you know, feeling whole and not looking outside for that. Um, and then expectation. And it's just, I don't know. That's all. I just basically want to speak to feeling whole and, yeah. and having that desire. Beautiful. Yeah. It's a funny thing that we do here. We're, you know, the practices to essentially uh, let go of this idea of, of self, the selfing that really is part of, it's the ego that was mentioned, the thing that really gets in the way of, of being whole. And this idea of being whole without the selfing, at first it doesn't make sense to us. Our mind just it gets disoriented. <laughs> but actually, when we are just here and we're just present, and our nature is love and our nature is just that presence nothing else needing to be added nothing else needing to be done you're talking about expectations uh, it's beautiful it's it's true we we load on this expectation that it needs to be more than that and there isn't anything more than that that's just in our mind. And so just sitting here and being in touch with your wholesomeness, your wholeness, it's right here. There's nothing you have to add to it. It's actually right here. It doesn't involve the selfing. It's just right this. And you can feel it? Yeah. And so coming back into t- into contact with that as much as possible, you know, when you remember. It can be anywhere, doing anything, and it's just right, right there. Beautiful. Great. Okay. Thank you all so much for sharing your evening. We'll close, um, and we'll close with you so much for passing that. We'll close with a dedication of merit. And this dedication of merit is um, a very special time to acknowledge that this practice, it's not, it's not just about us. It's about the other people in our lives. It's about our community. It's about our world as a whole. It's even beyond that. Those wholesome desires, those deep intentions, are the wholesome desires and the deep intentions uh, that connect us to everyone and everything. So as we cultivate these intentions, we're doing it for ourselves, but we're doing it for all beings. I'd like us to take just a couple of minutes where I'll be silent. And if there's someone in particular or even a grouping of people whom you'd like to dedicate your practice this evening to, uh, you can say their name out loud. It's actually really powerful when we can hear the names. We won't most likely know who they are. It doesn't matter. It brings them into the space. It connects us to each other. Um, but you can also just say them in your mind quietly or whisper them to yourself quietly. 
So I'm just going to be quiet for a couple of minutes, and then I'll do a bit of metta, and then ring the bell to, to close. And so may this practice be for all beings, those who were mentioned and those who were not spoken for. May all beings everywhere be happy and content. May all beings be safe from inner and outer harm. May all beings be healthy in their mind and in their body. May all beings have the chance to connect with their heart's deepest desire. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.